Crosby won it in overtime. Evgeny Malkin blasted the puck before that to tie. Big rally, big W sweep of the Capitals, and I am here to at least partially rain all over it. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this, the newly reborn DK Sports Radio Podcasting Network. And I'll apologize in advance. I will. There, there actually was a fair amount to like for the Penguins from what happened in this game. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Socks. What makes their socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction. It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable, warmer than wool. Warrior Alpaca Socks are hypoallergenic all-day wear socks with a wide variety of styles and colors. Outdoor work socks, cozy bed socks, lightweight diabetic compression socks. They all look and feel great. Here's how you can get a pair with a special deal. Visit warrioralpacasocks.com. Alpaca spelled A-L-P-A-C-A. WarriorAlpacasocks.com and use the code DK to get 15% off your first order. Once again, just for our podcast listeners, WarriorAlpacasocks.com, code DK. I mentioned a couple of the bigger goals. Teddy Bluger scored three on five. Third time that's ever happened in franchise history. On a pass from Casey DeSmith, no less. Neat stuff. They battled, they scrapped, they, you know, all that other cliche stuff. But then, you know what else? They also played that first period. They also played that first period. I was there for that, too. I was there for the whole thing. And I'm sorry, but there's not a whole lot that can wash away from me what I saw in those first 20 minutes. And some of the thoughts that I was having in those first 20 minutes. It's not easily expunged. The Capitals were up 3-1 to one after the period. That doesn't come close to telling the story. Tom Wilson scored two of the goals, and even that doesn't come close to describing how awful it was. They were sloppy, and they made mistakes. But even that lets them off the hook. They were slow and sluggish, but even that lets them off the hook. They looked lazy. They looked disinterested. I'd like to think after a lifetime around hockey that I can tell the difference between a team that is in a fog and a team that's just not invested. And for this group to come out the way they did, uh, especially after having had two really good starts and overall performances, I thought, in Philadelphia, both of those, of course, resulting in losses to the Flyers, and then to come out with a pretty solid 60 minutes Sunday and beating the Capitals, a chance to get 500, a chance to, and then to come out like that? What, what was that? I I mean, this is Pretty much exactly the way I asked this of Mike Sullivan afterward. Mike, you've been a good starting team in the early 
portions of this season, especially out in Philadelphia. Um, how do you explain what happened in the first period here, and what changed? Was there a was there a trigger point that kind of woke everybody up? Uh, I wish I had an explanation for the start. It wasn't very good, obviously, and uh, our players knew it. And uh, I told them that in between periods, you know, we we've got to have a will to win here. We've got to be a hungry team. And for whatever reason, we didn't have it in the first period. I thought we responded. Uh, I think the the second period there was there were some momentum swings and and i and i think the you know the special teams that might have been the, the momentum swing that gave us a gave us a jolt and and i thought we were we were real good after that but um but we can't rely on that to, to get us into a hockey game we've got to be able to play a full 60 and the first period certainly wasn't an indication of how we want to play do you hear that in his voice do you pick up on that I honestly believe the same thing was resonating in his head. What was that? How did that happen? You know, this isn't like, you know, just a normal little slumpy thing or an off night or extensive travel, third game in four nights. None of that kind of stuff. This was just bizarre. Now, to some extent, if I'm looking for a way to try to bail the Penguins out of this, explanation-wise, Peter Laviolette did have the capital sitting back, and I mean really sitting back, like sofa lounge sitting back, and just waiting for the Penguins to make mistakes. And the Penguins just kept skating right into it, and the Capitals were going back the other way. And that can be frustrating for a team that still prides itself on having offensive guys, skill and speed and scores. It's frustrating when you can't get anything generated. I can appreciate that. But then, as you heard Sullivan tell me there, he pretty much read the riot act on these guys in the first intermission. And then they come out for the second period and we're just as bad arguably worse. That's when the three-on-O happened. I mean, yeah, again, here, you know, the Penguins got a five-on-three and Jake Gensel scored, so it was 3-2. Capital score shortly after that, Kuznetsov off of a really uh, lousy back check after a pretty lame attempt to get through the neutral zone by the Malkin line. And everything looking bleak, the Capitals then get a five-on-three of their own. Casey DeSmith flings the puck, accidentally, he would admit to me, right at Teddy Bluger. Bluger goes in for a three-on-five, scores the breakaway. Nice move by Teddy, by the way. So it's 4-3, and then, all right, well, maybe they're actually still kind of in it. Maybe they'll kind of wake up a little bit. The Penguins get their own power play after a bit, and Malkin scores, and they end up playing pretty solid, responsible defense in the third period, but even then, only after they had lost two defensemen in Marcus Pedersen and Yuso Rikola, both to injuries. And no, there's been no update on their statuses. 
So is that what it was? Is that what it took? Some fluky, weird three-on-five goal? Uh, or Gino finally scoring? Heck, Gino finally shooting to achieve finally scoring. Or did they just need to have their backs against the wall with the defenseman? I don't know, but I don't want to be observing this team and having it cross my mind on any regular basis whether or not they care. Do you know what I'm saying? Again, I don't mean to be unfair here. It's easy to trumpet up what they did in coming back. And they certainly seemed happy enough about it, to an extent. Again, when I asked a couple of the players what they thought of the first period, they had the same things to say that Sullivan did. But they also were like, yeah, look at us. We battled back. Good for us. That's not going to cut it. That's the kind of thing that contributes to a scenario like what we saw against Montreal in the playoffs, where you go, what? What happened to all these guys that were so invested in all of this? So I'd like to just chalk it up to whatever, one of those mystery things, and we'll see how they come out Friday night against the Rangers. But I'd be dishonest with you if I didn't raise the red flag at least like a quarter of the way up the pole and wonder what that was all about and hope that it was an aberration, but I don't know. I don't know. We've seen it. We've seen it a little bit too often. We really have. When we come back, just one question. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. back it's time for just one question if you'd like to leave a question for this particular program you can do so at dk pittsburgh sports find the article that accompanies the podcast there's a commenting section right underneath that just put it right there i'll find it and more often than not i'll let you know that it's in line to get used this segment of daily shot is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. If you don't know where your next meal is coming from, if you're worried about that, if you're hungry, go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help to find food near you. One more time, it's pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help and spell all of that out. This one was sent to me by Kevin after the game and he asks just one question offense comes naturally to the Penguins it's safe to say that defense and goaltending are more nuanced 
That being said, should we start reaching for the panic button yet? I was withholding judgment for five games, but I'm seeing a lot of the same trends. Um, you know, Kevin, my first thought when I read this is to think, okay, defense can be taught. They, they tell you that at all levels of hockey, that you know, defense is, yes, there are some people that are naturally better at it than others. There are some people that have natural skill sets that lend itself more toward defending, whether that's a defenseman or a forward. But it can be instructed. It can be instilled. Uh, goaltending, we're going to see about this team's goaltending. The part that has me concerned is neither of those. And this is going to sound silly coming after a game in which they pumped five goals, including the one in overtime, but I'm not feeling this offense yet. Uh, there's been a fair amount of possession, but not excessively so. There's been a fair amount of speed shown, not so much last night, but more out in Philadelphia. But it hasn't really parlayed into goals off the rush, mostly because they haven't shot when they've had opportunities off the rush, and they didn't again last night. The fact that they were able to pop a couple on the power play last night, that's encouraging. You want that to happen uh, for more reasons than the obvious. You want the guys on your team who are top scorers to have the feel of scoring. Uh, Jake Gensel getting the easiest tap-in of his life, for example, on the five-on-three, I'd like to think helped loosen him up a little bit over the course of the night, and then he was able to come through with that great zone entry on Sid's overtime winner. Little stuff like that makes a difference. But until we see the top six forwards on this team consistently creating offense at five-on-five, five, drawing penalties, getting shots on goal, forcing the other team's defense to back off at the blue line with the speed that they bring, especially on the wings. I'm going to have a hard time getting worried about the defense and the goaltending. What you're talking about here, Kevin, I think you're completely correct, incidentally, and I'm not disputing it. I think that's going to be something that affects the Penguins in the very short term. They didn't have a training camp. The thing that was going to be the rustiest were going to be the things that you can't possibly practice anywhere. And you can't practice defending in an NHL game anywhere. You can't get a bunch of guys together and say, hey, let's, uh, let's practice some defending here. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can't do game simulations. Scrimmages aren't even game simulations. I think that stuff is going to come. Uh, with the big asterisk that you do want to see Marcus Pedersen get back to health. But the offense part, I don't know, man. That 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 feels a little bit different to me. It just does. Um, when I see the offense and I see a blend between the young and the old on this team, um, in particular a meshing between Crosby, Gensel, and Kasperi Kapitan, who had a really encouraging 
debut, mostly on the fourth line, but created an awful lot. Looked a little tired at times, but made things happen. And then getting something out of this second line, which again was just awful. Uh, that's when I'll start having fewer big picture type questions about where the Penguins are headed this season. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thanks for that, and thanks to everybody for listening. We'll do this again tomorrow. Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.